0: Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk Good morning church, welcome to our service. I've got a great message for us this morning and it's about journey, because life's a journey. And I've called it journeying with Jesus. You'll get a lot from it, even if you're not a believer. You know, it's about journeying in life because life isn't static. It's not concrete. Life is dynamic and it's active. And so things change. You know, God's purposes never change, but his plans do because life's dynamic. People change. People move. And it's a bit like a game of chess. If they move that way, you've got to move that way. And, and God constantly is moving his people because it's life's dynamic. And we have to be open to the Holy Spirit to, to move us into the right position and places. We don't always understand it. We don't always understand what's going on. And if you haven't trained yourself on the inside to know God's word and his ways, when things happen, you'll go, God, where are you? What, what's this? What's that? What's You know, you don't care. All them kind of things. We've all been there. And I'm going to look at a gang of lads that were there at a time in their life but i just want to mention a little bit about what's been going on socially with black lives matter i don't always make public announcements or anything like that i want to get on with the gospel spreading the gospel why because the gospel goes to the root of man's problems i don't want to deal with the fruit the tragedy that happened to george floyd was the fruit of the problem And what people like Bishop T.D. Jakes and others in the United States are trying to do is to go to the root of the problem. Jesus said this, because he knew men, John's gospel says, Jesus knew what was in men. And in Matthew's gospel, Matthew 15, it says, But the things that come out of a man's mouth come from the heart, and these make a man unclean. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, Theft, false testimony, mean lying, slander. These are what makes a man unclean. And all that is in the heart of a human being. And the gospel is the remedy for the virus called sin. You know, sin causes us to be selfish. It causes us to be racist. It causes us to be sexist. It causes us all sorts of problems. When Jesus died on the cross, he died to break the power of sin. And to reverse the curse of sin in our lives. That's why it is so powerful. I chose as a young man to go down the route of what is the reason that people do these things. And it's because they don't know the creator. It's because they don't know the the power of the gospel. And so I want to read to you from John chapter 1. It says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Later on, it says, verse 10, he was in the world and and though the world was made through him, he's the creator, that's Jesus. Though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of a human decision or a husband's will, that is born naturally, but born of God. Verse 14, and the word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And today I want to have a look at what it is to know him. And to know him is to follow him. And life is a journey. And Nicodemus came to Jesus at night, it says in John chapter 3. Why does John put it at night? John's a great wordsmith. Because night is the end of one day and it's anticipating the dawn of a new day. And I want to say right at the beginning of this talk let today be the end of a season you've been going through, let today be the end of what you've, what you've had to live through. And let's anticipate a greater tomorrow, a new tomorrow. Let the day of debt, let the day of confusion, let the day of being under the oppression of the evil one in whatever form, whether it's racism or whatever, let today see a breaking of the old and a breaking in of the new. I want to see many, many people's lives transformed by the gospel. You know, I've heard stories in the 80s when the, the battles were raging in Northern Ireland. The tensions weren't just high, they were bu- bubbling over and boiling over. And, uh, you know, retaliation, murders and everything. was terrible between Catholics and Protestants. I think you know what I'm talking about. It's just religion. It's just, they're just thoughts, just systems of thought. God not really being involved in any side because the marks of God is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. But I'm not having a go at anybody, I try not to. Not my thing really. But what I'm saying is I heard stories of Catholics and Protestant men, hard terrorists, being sent down to prison and finding Christ and finding him to be the savior and the one that can forgive them. And they knew they didn't deserve it. You didn't have to tell these men twice that they didn't deserve God's forgiveness for what they'd done. But what was even more amazing is they often met in chapel and they worshipped together and they called each other brothers. Where they were once warring factions, now there were peace and reconciliation. That's the power of the gospel. It's a new day. It's always a new day. When I preach the gospel, I know it's a new day coming in somebody's life. Today's your day and you need to be open to God. Speak it into your life transforming it's fantastic so these young lads the disciples let's get to the story i want to get to and that is from luke's gospel and jesus had just been teaching he'd been teaching all day and even the disciples were like hungry and you know irritated the young kids they'd be late they'd be in the late teens early 20s and um you know they're trying to edge jesus away from the crowd and and uh, you know finish the meeting type thing and it says this in, uh, in Luke chapter 8. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. What a phrase. Let's go over to the other side. Because at the other side is where you'll meet people that are different from you. We've got to learn in life to walk in other people's shoes. Yeah, Let's go over to the other side. So they got into the boat and set out. I find it amazing, Matthew's description of this account. He says, and the disciples followed Jesus into the boat. And that's the essence of Christianity. Disciples follow Jesus. That's what they do. So they got into the boat and set out. As they sailed, he, that is Jesus, fell asleep. A squall or a a storm came up uh, on the lake. So that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. Not just danger, but great danger. They were in trouble. They knew they were in trouble. Panic had set in. In Matthew's gospel, it says a storm suddenly arose. They they weren't expecting it. It came from out of nowhere. You know, life's going to throw you some curveballs. And it's going to throw me some curveballs. Already has done. And, you know, the suddenness of life are going to take you out if you're not rooted in Christ. And it's my job to help you to become strong in faith. And it's it's your job to listen to what I'm saying and receive it and work it out because then you will become strong in faith. Yeah, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. Trust in the Lord your God and you'll be prosperous. Trust in his servant and you'll be successful. And so, you know, you've, you've got to find yourself Uh, rooted and ground in the teachings of Jesus but anyway here we go a storm had come up and they were in great danger the disciples went and woke him that is Jesus saying master master we're going to drown in another gospel it says master don't you care don't you care that we're going to drown he got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters the storm uh, uh, and the storm subsided and all was calm all Uh, meaning the wind but and the waves and the fishermen were used to the wind dropping quickly just as fast as it came up it used to drop what didn't drop was the waves they used to go on sometimes for up to 24 hours when jesus spoke the creator creation listened and he just got up and he went get down says he rebuked it get down like you're talking to a little puppy dog That's coming up, it's been running across some some soil and grass and stuff. It's about to put its paws on your new dress or your new clothes. And you're like, get down. That's how Jesus treated a life-threatening storm. He said, get down. And it's interesting that there were other boats on the lake, according to Mark's gospel. And they experienced peace too. And it's important that we receive the gospel because there are people that the gospel will affect because it's affected us when we become men and women of peace and destiny and purpose other people find peace and destiny and purpose in their lives too, there's a knock on effect. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples in fear and amazement. They asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. You see they've been brought up ever since they were little Jewish boys. To understand that only almighty God. Had got power over creation. And here they see Jesus. Demonstrating that same power. Wow. Two and two make four. Not just the son of God. But God the son. So the disciples. Get into the boat. And they were pumped when they got in. Because they have been just been being taught. About the power of. The word and the word bringing faith. And it's like a seed going into a person's heart. And if the heart condition is receptive, then it will grow and that's that's good. But others were just, you know, Jesus talked about a heart can be like a, a well-trodden path. The soil's become hard. You, you know, others, it's got it's got too much going on. When the soil lands in the soil, there's other things going on. And thorns and thistles grow up and, and choke it and and there's some you know they've got rocks and stuff in the way you, you know so jesus was saying what was asking the question what kind of heart have you got i want to ask you that today is your heart supple and open he said there's some seed that fell amongst good soil and it produced a great crop but the hard soil didn't but you know if you had to repent if you had to turn repentance means to turn if you had to turn From your old way of thinking and living and start to acknowledge God, maybe you're there. The soil gets broken up. It's like going in with a pitchfork and digging it up and the soil becomes receptive for the word. Will you receive his word today? So the disciples followed Jesus, number one. He said, let's go over to the other side of the lake. A storm comes up and Jesus is asleep. He's absolutely tired out. And he's gone into a deep sleep. And he's so peaceful. And and everything's going on around him. It didn't even wake him up. He's a man of peace. You know, maybe i was speaking to somebody today that you can't sleep. And it's not because there's a storm outside. It's because there's, there's a storm inside. And I want to say, give your life to Jesus. Allow Jesus to come into your life. He's the Prince of Peace. And he'll give you a good night's sleep. He will. Following Jesus is not about how much you know about the Bible and hear all the talks and different different things, but it's how much you practice it, how much you experience it. Even the Apostle Paul, a great academic, he put it like this, doing the will of God from your heart. Even an academic, an hard-boiled academic knew that the gospel's about the heart, which is the mind, but it's also the emotions and the will, and truth has to drop the 18 inch drop from the head to the heart, from theory to practice, and then come out through your lifestyle. God's truth will never get into your heart until it is practiced by the will. I'm speaking to somebody in global this morning, you say it doesn't work, it doesn't work because you're not putting it into practice. Every time life hits you, you have a meltdown. All the other believers are looking thinking, "I thought I thought you had Jesus, I thought you were okay. It's like you would somebody to turn to. Now, you melt down, You're no different from anybody else that doesn't have faith. And every time, just check your responses. And do you become like the people around you? Or are you set apart? Are you holy? Set apart just means holy. It doesn't mean better. It means set apart. Are you walking a different path to them? Are you receiving a different power and a different wisdom and a different energy to them? Are you receiving a different person into your life than they are? A different spirit, the Holy Spirit. Even Satan knows that academic truth is not dangerous. But active truth is. That's why we need some strong politicians who don't just trot it all out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Active truth. And changing policies so that we never, ever, ever... See the kind of things that we had to say on our on on, on our and on YouTube ever again. Come on, let God raise you up. You know that you have a political mindset. You're you're good at that kind of thinking. You you have a, a a thirst for it. Come on, let's. You need to you need to get involved in politics. Opening books on politics. If you're called into politics, is just as holy as when I open my Bible. Because God's called you into it and you've got to know your stuff. And opening your heart to the Bible will strengthen what you believe about your policies. And it will structure what you believe about your policies. And you know something? You might have to go against the grain with some people, but let God's word dwell richly within you. The Bible says, go and change the world. Go on, let God raise you up to change the world. One woman or one man with God is a majority. Go on, though no one goes with you, go for it. Be a Nehemiah, rebuild the walls in society that have been knocked down by liberalism and stuff. Go and rebuild the walls and put some morality back in, put some life and energy back in. Get rid of the policies that hurt people. Wow, I have a dream, I do. It had been a great day for the disciples, but now at the end of this day, they got caught in a storm. And it's like, Jesus, don't you care? That is the cry of the human heart throughout the world. When things go wrong, we always blame God. And it's always somebody else's fault. We always blame God. God, don't you care? Of course he cares. Isn't it funny when great things happen, nobody ever says, thank you, Lord. You are amazing. And he's our scapegoat for everything that goes wrong. Now, on the other hand, I don't even want to blame the devil for everything that goes wrong. But I do know we make a lot of problems for ourselves as human beings. I do know that. Jesus demonstrated that following him is adventurous. Another word for adventurous is scary. And one of the Gospels says they were terrified when Jesus had stilled the wind and the waves. They were terrified. They were terrified of him. Never mind the storm. They were ter- like, who is this man? They were terrified. I can imagine people saying, you know, Health and safety guys, could you imagine them? Were there rails on the edge of this ship? Were there, did everybody have a life jacket? Let's have, what about the dinghies? Were the dinghies there? Following Jesus is risky. And it could cost you your life. And that's exactly what Jesus said. It could cost you your life. And, you, you know, he talks about a greater res- a resurrection for those who have lost their lives on behalf of Jesus. When I talk about losing your life, it's not because you're trying to kill somebody else. We're not terrorists. No, it's that somebody hates your message and your message is threatening their livelihood so much that they have to get rid of you. And Jesus said that could happen. And so, you know, if, unless you deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow him, Jesus said, you're not worthy to be my disciple. I'm just wanting to turn the heat up on us a little bit today to waken us up. Because I hear us getting all bent out of shape because our washing machine's broken down. And you're thinking, first world problems, this has got nothing to stop blaming the devil for all this kind of stuff. You know, can we enter, please enter the real world that Jesus entered and let's make a difference like Jesus did. Jesus' purpose is clear. John, in his letter, puts it like this: 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. For this purpose. Christ was revealed to destroy the works of the devil. What are the works of the devil? Loneliness, racism, greed, rebellion against God, hatred of mankind. These are all marks of the devil. His kingdom is a a kingdom of dirt where you feel unclean. It's a kingdom of divorce. Where people are separated. Not just man and and wife, but, but communities are separated. It's a kingdom of defeat. It's a kingdom of debt. It's a kingdom of death. I don't want to keep going on and on, but I think you've got the point. And Jesus invades it with his life, with his reconciliation, with his prosperity, with his new beginnings. And it's phenomenal. The purpose of following Jesus is clear from his own example we are here as god's freedom fighters to release people from sin and guilt and shame from helping people to overcome wrong thoughts that keep them locked into debt to give them thoughts about how to get out of debt how to be prosperous in life how to bring up a family that's some bit together there's no perfect family and i'm encouraged by that i'm encouraged by the bible because the bible is full of dysfunctional families did you know that so you'll find it shocking, but God is a God of truth and he doesn't hide anything. The biographies in there are very real. You know, I encourage you, especially to read the Old Testament. There's all sorts in there. It is, it is phenomenal. Peter said this about Jesus. He says, God empowered Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him, lifting depression off people, lifting oppression off people, healing, you know, broken bodies, broken down bodies, people with viruses, things going wrong with them. And they came to Jesus and it says, he healed them all. There was nothing that could get past Jesus. So the disciples followed Jesus into the boat. There was a togetherness. They come together, not just as individuals. What's in it for me? Now they're coming together as a team and for the greater cause. They come together for the cause of Christ. And that's what church is for. We're here for the cause of Christ. Yes, God wants us to have great lives and everything, but ultimately we're here for for his mission. We're on his mission. We are submission, sub under his mission. We're submitted to him. And I'm wanting to say that the the mission is scary. The mission is overwhelming at times. These guys are in in the boat. You know, the way the wind and the waves were overwhelming them to the point of they were very scared. They weren't just scared, they were very scared. They weren't just in trouble, they were in grave trouble. And you know, we're going to be in situations like that. And I want to say, keep praying and keep being bold and keep going forward, yeah. The disciples represent a new breed of church, new breed churches. The disciples were open to adventure and to change. Unlike the Pharisees, who just went around looking religious and spouting religious stuff. And every time there was a sunny day, there'd always be a problem in that sunny day for the Pharisee. They could find a negative anywhere. But the disciples were part of this kind of uh, young kids, you know, young people that were like, yeah, yeah, we can do that. Oh, Jesus said you could do it. I'm going to go and do it. It's like, it's so fresh. They're part of a movement, not a monument. For them, it was walking, then sleeping in houses, then sleeping in the open air, then travelling by boat, then travelling by donkey. In other words, trains, planes and automobiles. But they haven't found the planes yet. People that are part of journeying with Jesus understand that change is here to stay. For them as a group and as individuals, they understood that new skills needed to be learned. And the skill in the boat, by the way, was they had to learn faith. Not the theory of faith. Not a book on faith, not a Bible study on faith. I hear so many people giving you Bible studies on faith and stuff like that. And I'm like, when was the last time you had faith? And usually the stories are 20 years old, 30 years old. When was the last time you had faith? When did God turn up for you in a miracle, in a miraculous way? It's God's normal way, it's God's normal language, His miracles, he doesn't have to muster anything up. They understood that new skills had to be learned in order to accomplish tasks before them. And it's the same with you and me. And we need to, we need to learn how to reinvent. We need to become more and more like Madonna. <laughs> Madonna. Eh? She's an amazing person because she has had to deal with herself. And instead of settling, she has had to reinvent herself, reinvigorate herself. She is so amazing. We can learn a lot. Uh, from Madonna and only the religious people have a problem with that kind of language but you know what people that are full of adventure they will look and see God and God's principles at work throughout his creation throughout other people that don't even have their faith or anything like that they will look and they just say I can see that works that's the principle of reinvention let me give you a scripture Jesus said you don't put new wine into old wineskins and really he's talking about thoughts You can't put new wine into old wineskins because it'll break the old system. The new system is too energetic, it's too bubbly. And that's when people try to make two churches, you know, we've got like a youthful part of the church and then the church and they don't get on because they're not family. There's no reality, there's no truth there. Everybody fights for their own corner. That's everything that's the opposite to what the Apostle Paul said in Corinthians. We're we're family, We're, we're one body. We've all got different gifts. It's the same Lord. It's like they've missed it, totally missed it. You know, we're not a youth church. We have lot of youth in church. We're not a youth church, but but we have a youthful spirit. And we will always have a youthful spirit as long as we keep changing. Keep. If you're going to get promotion, if Jesus wants to raise you up and say, follow me into politics or follow me into a career or follow me, into a business, follow me, and you're following, you will have to learn how to change for your career, for your ministry, for your promotion. Sometimes in church, it's like being on a bus. We're on the right bus, we're on the right route, but we're on the wrong seat on the wrong side. Sometimes we're on the wrong deck. (laughs) But listen, the driver's seat's taken, so don't worry about that. But you know, we've we've got to be flexible enough to move around and change, and do things differently sometimes. And sometimes we're, you know, people leave church because they're, they're, in, they're in the wrong seat and it's not working for them. And, and, and it's all about them sometimes. and That's how it begins. But after a while, you realise it's about us. And then it's not just about us. It's about them that don't know Jesus. And there's a journey there that has to go on. You know, for some people, they get disappointed. and They leave church. God's appointed them to that church. But now they get disappointed. They disappoint themselves. And I want to say to somebody today, stay in the boat. Stay in the boat. When things are not going right in your church, stay in the boat. When things are not going right in your dinner party, stay in the boat. Stay in the boat until the storm's passed. Why? Because it'll get you to the other side. Sometimes you've just got to stay in the boat. If you're going to get to the other side, you've got to stay in the boat. Sadly, many people get comfortable and want to stay with what's safe. On what they know but that is not an option because following jesus by definition and by very nature involves movement disturbance effort adaptability and change clint eastwood in Heart heartbreak rich Ridge, Ridge, he said you've got to learn to adapt improvise and overcome punk adapt improvise and overcome and jesus said it's only the overcomers that get to heaven did you know that he did only those who overcome will get to heaven What's getting you down? What's dragging you down? You've got to learn to overcome. So the disciples followed Jesus. It's a journey with Jesus. Number two, the disciples get frustrated with Jesus. Now, I'm going to have to go to that next week. I've said way too much this week. Gosh, I could go on forever. I love this. I do love this. I love sharing God's words and God's perspective of things. And, you know, it should strengthen you. It should nourish you. It should give you give you a hunger to read the bible to say i never knew it said that in john's gospel i never knew it said that about jesus being god in, in in john chapter one go and look it up check it out from the team here at global church thank you for listening to this podcast please check out our other messages available on the website